Hey everybody, welcome back to the Willow Tree Online, where we talk about our values, living our values in our heart, health, and home. And uh, today we're talking about, this is a continuation of last episode, which was kind of part one of my Grand Canyon hike. And this episode, we're going to dive into part two, which is the actual hike of the canyon going down into the canyon. I'm joined by Christina, my beautiful co-host. Hello. Hello. There she is. Um, Yeah, so this is going to be kind of a similar format to last time where she's kind of (laughs) interviewing me. Um, But we're going to obviously start off with our three highlights and then uh, three highlights of the day. Because we're sitting at our kitchen table yep. and we're imagining you're here at our kitchen table too. And yep. so we hope that you'll join us in this <laughs> practice. And then we'll dive into kind of the conversation around the actual uh, hike, um, what it was like and the process, what I gained, what I lost through all of that and how it changed me, how mm. it kind of transformed me. Um, it truly was life changing. I think life changing, it's tossed around a mm. lot. But in a very real sense, um, that was a life-changing trip for me. And then we'll talk through how we can kind of uh, apply some of those lessons that I learned there to our everyday life. Um, See if we can turn that into something hopefully useful and valuable for you. And then end with some whimsy and delight, what we're whimsying in and delighting in. (laughs) It's a verb. Uh, Yeah, I'm making up words. Get your whimsy on. Whimsying. Um, Yeah, well, let's start start with the three highlights. Christina, how was your day? What were your three highlights of the day? Three highlights of my day. Um, My first one is that today was very cold, which Nashville is all over the map right now. So it was a misty, rainy day, and I enjoyed that on my walk with Beckett today. It's a very four-day, misty, rainy. We had an umbrella, Enneagram 4. Enneagram, yeah. If you're wondering why we pull out numbers randomly. (laughs) The other one was Becca had a really fussy day, so he wanted me to wear him on my back a lot, which mm-hmm. I did, but it was actually one of my highlights was just wearing him on my back while I did some baking today. Um, sometimes it can feel frustrating, like, oh, buddy, like, you're so fussy, but then if I really, like, tap into the moment, it's like, this is, this is the best, being able to bake with him, and I put little little pieces of cookie dough over my shoulder and he sends his hand forward to grab them and (laughs) he likes to sample as we go so that was definitely a highlight love it um and then my third one was a friend just um reached out and gave us a really unexpected practical gift today and that was a huge blessing for me yeah it's really it's really nice when people are unexpectedly generous. I love surprises. You do. You do love surprises. Yeah. So that it's even better when it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me, uh, my three highlights uh, were the same for you, like the rainy day. It was fun that it was rainy and kind of stormy, and um, which leads into my second highlight, which was I worked at a coffee shop today. Um, I always enjoy my coffee shop days. Sometimes it feels like, I don't know if anybody else resonates with this, but I'll go and work at a coffee shop and I'll get more done in like those three hours or four hours that I'm there than I almost get done like any other time of the week. I don't know what it is. There's something about just being somewhere separate and the noise of the coffee shop Mm -hmm. for some reason. It's like, lets my brain focus Hmm. better for some reason, but yeah, so it was a perfect coffee shop work day. And then um, I had a couple of people call me today and email me with some potential projects. Um, so some client projects. So some of that stuff got some more coming in, which is really exciting. Um, been working on this for the last several weeks. So it feels like things are picking up, which is really exciting and really great. So those are our highlights. Um what are yours? What are your highlights? <laughs> right now. Tell your friend. Know. Tell your friend. Let us tell know. Tell your mom. Tell, tell your, your dog. dog. <gasps> oh, jinx. That was not planned. <laughs> wow. We're so cool. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's the three highlights. So now let's move into the core content. The core content. All right. So. Yeah. Picking, talk- I guess picking back up the story. 
so last week or not last week, last episode, you we, had trained yep, basically I had, I had trained and it was kind of leading up to the actual hike Yeah. timeline for everybody. This was, you know, in 2022, I made the decision to hike the Canyon in April and then trained from April through December and then did the hike December like seventh, I think, or eighth mm-hmm. through the 12th or 13th, one of those dates. So it was like four days, five days. So that's the time frame. Um, if you, if that, if you care about that, I do, <laughs> it helps to orient myself. Um, but yeah, I was doing the training kind of as, you know, as the weather was cooling and as, you know, holidays were starting to roll around and then did the hike right before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, so today I'm going to just ask you, I just have four questions here, Um, but kind of the, as we were thinking about this, talking about it, an overarching theme that comes up is shedding the things that were holding you back. So if you listened to last week's episode, or last two weeks ago, (laughs) um, it was kind of Stephen's mental health journey through this, and the things that were holding him back from being who he knew he really was and wanted to be. And this was his way out sort of, of that like pressure. Um, so that's kind of what I form these questions around is like, how, how did you shed that version of yourself as you took this hike? And then what did you emerge into? What did you find that you weren't expecting? So we'll start with just a basic question of tell us just what the hike was like. That's so vague. So you could probably talk for two hours about that, but yeah, I'll try not to. <laughs> I could, I could, but I won't subject all of you to that. Um, yeah, I'll try to give the Steven's the really good at story details. <laughs> Thanks for phrasing it like that. that. Instead of like Stephen rambles forever. He's really good at details in stories. Uh, No, I care about the details, Mm -hmm. but I can summarize if I need to. So here we go. Um, No, the hike was. uh, So the the funny thing about this particular hike is that it's colder at the top of the rim, like at the rim of the Grand Canyon. So it's it's colder at the start than it is in the middle of the canyon. So we started, you know, pretty early, um, probably like, I guess like 6.30, 7 a.m. And we started and we were in full, you know, snow, winter gear. We've got our our cleats on, you know, our crampons on. We've got poles. I mean, we are decked out because it's cold. It's in the 20s. And there's ice on the trail. So we're making our way down. We're fully loaded. I had about 38, 40 pounds in my backpack. And then uh, my buddy, Derek, who I did the hike with, he, I mean, he used to be in the army. So he went like 50, 60 pounds because he's crazy and he just wanted to bring a bunch of stuff. So he, he had the harder time of it. But, um, but yeah, it was basically why I say that is that it was fluctuating all the time. Cause then as we started to move, then we would warm up. So it would get a little warmer. So we were kind of constantly playing the game of, you know, what, what do we, what, what gear do we need on for the conditions? You know, is it icy again? Is it wet? I was not planning on stepping into a stream and getting my entire foot wet, like four hours into a four day hike. But I did that because there was all this snow that had just come and it was melting. So like there was one part where it was the trail where that's usually completely dry. It was totally flooded. And so I ended up slipping and getting soaked, but that was, that was fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall it was, it was. How many hours a day did you hike? Yeah, I can give kind of the high level there. First day we start at the top of the South Rim. We go down to what's called Bright Angel. That's nine and a half miles. Um, in, in distance. And then it's a mile down in elevation. So we went there and then we went another seven miles to where we camped, which was sort of across the Canyon, mostly flat, a little bit uphill, but mostly flat to kind of the last stop before you go up the North rim. Mm-hmm. So that was however many miles that is nine and a half plus seven, um, 16 something, right? Yeah. Math, um, 16 and a half miles that first day 
Derek said that was the hardest physical thing he's ever done. And he was in the army and he's done triathlons and he's done all kinds of stuff. Uh, it was a really intense first day. And then second day we hiked up. I forget how many hours that took the first day, but I mean, we started at seven, we got there at probably five. So, you know, 10, 10 hour day. Mm. And then day two, uh, seven miles up to the North rim, which was about 8,000 feet in elevation. Um, maybe 8,500 feet, something like that. So I climbed up to the North Rim and then back down to the same campground. Um, so 14 miles total. And then a short day, seven miles back to Bright Angel. So bottom of the South Rim. That was kind of a rest day. That was only like two and a half, three hours. And then the final day, go up and out those nine and a half miles. So what did you eat? People always ask that. Did you like cook your own food when you stopped? Were there like restaurants along the way? <laughs> just yeah, yeah, just fine dining. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, Bright Angel, there is mm. a, um, there is a, like basically a hotel <laughs> and, a, and a restaurant at the bottom of the Grand Canyon that you can, that you can go to. They've got cabins and a shower and, you know, saunas and stuff. <laughs> and then, so we were passing people on the way out. They were like, oh yeah, we had a steak and potato dinner at the lodge. And, to me, that sounds terrible. If you're hiking, like I don't want to hike <laughs> up a mile and nine and a half <laughs> miles with steak and potatoes in my belly. But, um, yeah. So, um, when you're hiking this type of strenuous hike, you want to eat every hour. You want to have some sort of calorie, you know, you want to get calories in every hour. Um, the math I did for me was about a hundred calories every hour. And then I would eat a, we have these little freeze dried meals. So they're little packets that you, uh, you, you open up and then you boil a pot of water and then like a cup, cup and a half of water. And then you, you just pour that right into the pouch, sip it closed, let it sit for like five minutes and then your meal's cooked. <laughs> and, uh, and I will say these have come a long way. It's been a long time since I've camped or used anything mm. like this. And I found this company called Outdoor Herbivore, not sponsored. They were just great. And they were really <laughs> good. Sponsored. They were really, really good. I mean, it was, they had like Thai curry and, and <laughs> couscous and like, it was, it was great. Uh, there was I one. I still can't that was decide terrible. what this means about my cooking that Steven no, just <laughs> raves about these meals that were freeze dried. Well, it was some of the best food I've ever I have gotten. some left over, and I haven't eaten them since I've been <laughs> back, so that should give you at least one clue. It's like, I want one of my freeze-dried meals. <laughs> give me that instead of instead of your cooking. No, but like f f for the process I just described, like open it, pour in hot water, let sit for five minutes. It was really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was really good. Kept me fueled. For um, sure. I didn't, then, I didn't ever feel gross. And yeah. like a lot of times those can make you feel really weird and gross because mm. it's just bizarre food <laughs> to eat. Um, but no, I did it completely plant-based, vegan, did the whole thing that so plant powered hiking of the grand canyon powered hike snacked um, on a lot of we did a lot of like dates for him yep. he basically said christina Peanut butter here's how many calories i need you tell me what macro nutrients yeah, and christina was my what to eat each hour yeah. <laughs> so we got him a bunch of nut well, butter we figured packs it out and, you know we did the math i'm yeah. like okay here's how much you're going to be burning roughly so here's how many calories you that need for fun. the day Here's the three meals you're going to have. So then like, how do we break that down? And not so only did you get through it really well, but your recovery was phenomenal, which was really cool to see too. Mm -hmm. I think just that all that training had really paid off and the way you'd nourished your body leading up mm -hmm. to it and through it, mm -hmm. like your body was really just energy in energy out and it was really efficient. So it was, yeah. it was just cool. Yeah. It was really good. And like, that's something I'm really proud of for the hike is that I didn't just like barely make it mm -hmm. out, you know, like we did it really well, you know, even with pain, we were both hurting quite a bit by the end, you know, it was, that's a lot to do in four days. And, um, but like we were passing people on the way back up, people who had just had a shower and a night in a cabin, <laughs> you know, who had just come down from the South room the day before, like we were, we were cruising, you know, we were, we were making really good time and I'm just really proud of that. So yeah, but, yeah, but and, um, so 
Yeah. So that, that's kind of the, the logistics of it, you know, and then we camp, you know, just, you know, we had our, our tents and our kind of solo back, we carry everything, right? So we're backpacking. Yeah. One surprising thing was the number of rest stops. Mm. I was expecting to not go to the bathroom in an actual bathroom for four days. And I, I did, there were rest stops that like nice yeah, rest stops really the whole way, which was amazing. So that was, that was really nice. If anybody's been backpacking, you know, that's quite a luxury, uh, to like have an actual bathroom. Um, yeah. So, question then as you were, so you're doing this hike and then was there a moment on the hike that you felt like was pivotal to you? That was a question I asked you, like when you got back, um, kind of just that moment that hit you emotionally or mentally? Yeah. Yeah, there was. I was expecting, I was trying to go into this really open. I had never done it before. I didn't want to put like my own, I didn't want to taint the experience with like my own, I don't know, um, expectation, yeah. I guess. And, you know, like I feel this way because like I planned to feel this way. Yeah, you know, I wanted to just really walk into it with open hands, open heart, be like a whatever is in this place for me, like I am embracing it. And if yeah. that's a lot of pain, then okay. If that's uh, whatever, whatever that might be, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. And I, I will say though, I was expecting the biggest moment to be at the end, hmm. you know, walking out, completing it. I thought that that would kind of be, you know, the big release and the big moment. And it was a big moment for sure. But the actual like biggest I would say the most pivotal moment came when I finished the North Rim, which was day two, end of middle of day two, really not even the end of day two, middle of day two, um, hike up the North Rim and because it was so hard. Um, it was, we had just done 16 and a half miles and it's a lot steeper than the South Rim. And you were hiking through ice, like, right? About, so you were watching yeah, so your step every... About like, for the last, like, you know, it's a mile up or a little over a mile up. So like the last probably half, you know, of the, of the hike was, was in snow. Like it had just snowed. Nobody's going to the North Rim. You know, there were, there were a couple of people who had gone before us, but like we were, it was probably like a foot of snow and then it had been packed a little bit, but not much. So we had our crampons on and it was like, it's like hiking in sand, you know, like just walking in snow we got our backpacks on and and I ended up bruising my foot on the way up as well because I was wearing like trail running shoes that had kind of been the advice that I'd seen like wear really lightweight shoes that dry quickly instead of like big heavy boots but the problem was putting the crampons on the my the soles of my shoe were so soft that I ended up it was like I was stepping onto the metal sometimes. And so I, there was a spot. I remember when it happened, like I, I kind of, the snow gave a little bit and it's like, it just like pushed into my arch, the arch of my foot and it like bruised it. So that wasn't great. But anyway, it was just, it took so much more out of us and it just kept going up. Just, it felt like straight up for so long. And it, we were just kept doing switchbacks. And you back. were on a narrow path too, Today, right? It's like one, yep, yep, single file. Single file, left, right, left, right, yep. in front of each other. And you just, in that thing, it's it, it all you can do. And like my heart's pounding because the elevation's high. Um, and that was something I couldn't really train for super well out here in Tennessee. Yeah. And... Um, and so my heart's pounding. Everything is screaming. I'm so tired. Everything's screaming at me to stop. Um, I want to eat, <laughs> you know, what I have. I'm hungry, but, like, I have to ration my food throughout the day because we have to hike back. And it's and, and if you eat too much, then your body diverts energy to digestion instead of, mm. you know, if you, if you just kind of keep that snacking going, it's a little more efficient, like what you were just saying. But I got up to it and, um, you know, Derek was a little ahead of me and it was actually, and if anybody's done endurance 
anything, you know what this is like. And I would consider like birth an endurance activity too, right? <laughs> Where you, you, you can only focus on the immediate next step. It's like, I can do one more step. Okay, I've done that step. Okay, I can do one more step. I've done that. Step. And then you just do that and you're there for hours. <laughs> and you just have to keep going. There's not another choice. I mean, the other choice is to give up and just like turn around and go, but that, that's not, that's not what I was there to do. Yeah. And so I remember going and I just, every time we'd round a corner, cause you're, you do switch back. So you go and then you turn and then you zigzag up the side of the mountain, up the side of the Canyon. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd come around and be like, is that it? No, that's not it. Okay. Is that it? Nope. That's not it. <laughs> and just every time. And then Derek was, he was about a full, you know, zig up from me so he would round the corners before me and he rounded one corner and he said dude I can see it I can see the sign and I was like good for you and then (laughs) but when I finally rounded the corner and I went up and I saw it I just I just started hyperventilating sobbing gasping I just it was like it was just coming out of me I was just so relieved to see it couldn't believe that I had made it and it was just all of this came out of me it was really interesting like got up there and like gave him a big hug we were both kind of both crying up there that we made it and and then um and that that was a big moment but however Hmm. the bigger moment I think when it really sunk in was when you're at the north rim you can't actually see the canyon there's trees everywhere So you have to kind of go down the trail just a little bit, and then there's a lookout, and then you can see out. So we had sat up there. We rested, took a picture, and ate, all that stuff, kind of changed our socks and shoes and stuff because they were wet. And then uh, started going back down, but then I went and stood at the lookout, and I look out, and I see that I physically see that I'm back at the top. I'm at the same level. I look straight out, and I, I see that I'm level with the Grand Canyon again. And for the last however many hours I've been down in it, looking at this impossibly huge, like how in the world am I ever going to get back up out there? It's impossible. There's no way. And, and I look and like that physical realizing that I had carried, I had gotten myself back up and I could see I'm, I'm at the top. I'm back at the same level. It was this profound, since I started crying, just, standing there looking out at the canyon and this profound sense of accomplishment. Hmm. And it was like, it was like the knowledge that I could do anything. It like, it's like it soaked into my bones in that moment. Hmm. It's like, dude, look at what you just did. Like anybody can go down. That's kind of my joke. Like you can fall down the grand Canyon. Like anybody, anybody can, anybody can go down. You know, it's always easy to go down. Not everybody can come back out. That's the challenge. Can you climb back out? And so the North rim getting to that moment, it was like undeniable proof that I could come back out. I could get hmm. back out. Hmm. And I did. Um, and it I answered that question. Like, do you have what it takes to come back out? And standing there, I realized that I did. Wow. I just, that's, I've heard you talk about it before, but I'm like, I'm so entranced in the story every time you share it because it's just, it's spectacular. And it brings back, weirdly, it brings back a lot of like birth um, memories for me too, those similar feelings. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if like, if you're listening, if there's something in your story of life that you can relate to, too, in terms of like, oh, yeah, I remember that moment when this thing that you're like, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. And then all of a sudden you see the top or they put that tiny baby on your chest yeah. or, you know, that that feeling. Uh, I think what's I think what's unique, too, is like we don't often in our day to day lives, we don't often experience events that are as that force us to be as present as these kinds of events, right? Like birth or doing a hard physical challenge or whatever. Sorry if you hear some, what sounds like an airplane taking off. That's just my poor little laptop struggling to keep up. Um, yeah, it, it, that 
you are just, it's like you're shoved and like drop kicked into the present moment <laughs> where you, that you, all you can do, it's just what is right there, you know, for hours at a time. That's, that's pretty unusual. And it's really, you're changed when you go through something like that. Yeah, like, those are usually the hardest parts of life are when you're like forced into these really hard situations. And yet it's also the only the only way I think to experience those moments, those summit moments mm -hmm. is if you've actually been pressed down really hard. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, there's, there's some real, you know, neuroscience and, um, some, there's some real research out there around, uh, what that does to you. It kind of resets your brain going, Oh, this is, this is what is hard. This is what is challenging. This is what uncomfortable really right. feels like, but cause we don't experience that all the time. You know, the, usually for most of us, unless you deal with some kind of chronic condition or you're dealing with, you know, other types of pain or whatever, um, you know, most of us, the most uncomfortable thing is, you know, if it's a little cold outside or if the shower yeah. won't heat up or something, you know, or, or traffic. Whereas when you put yourself into these incredibly uncomfortable places, it's like a perspective your, shift. Yeah, your like, brain, like, well, it's a perspective shift, but then from like a physiological yeah. level, your brain reset, it recalibrates to goes and to say, oh, this is what is uncomfortable. And so other things, you become a much more um, easygoing person and for like a little while. Well-rounded and yeah, able to experience empathy in a different way, right? Yeah, when you're like, I think for me too, it was it really shifted my perspective because like my concept of what is hard to do, like in my day to day, like it came back and was like, Oh, I used to think that was really hard. I used to think that that required too much of me. Yeah. And now I know that I can do it because I have felt what that feels like to go, Oh, this actually is too much. And yet I'm still going Yeah. and I did it, you know? And so it, it kind of works that way too. So what would you say, final two questions, what would you say just like that you shed during that experience? So you come home and you keep living the next couple of weeks and you've basically just climbed through your own valley mm -hmm. up to this summit through a lot of mental health stuff and relational stuff and physical stuff. And, and then you prove to yourself, I did it. Mm -hmm. I made it to the other side. So what do you feel like you shed during that? Yeah, I feel like I shed, um, I shed the, the misguided belief that, um, that I didn't have what it, I don't have what it takes to do whatever it is that's in front of me. Um, I shed the, yeah, I shed the misconception that I'd held on to that I, that there are things that are too hard for me, you know, and it's kind of a thing that it's a, it's a convenient, you know, thing that I had believed where it's like, Oh, this is just too much. This takes too much from me. I can't do this. And that just died one step at a time during that hike. Sounds the like the victim mentality too. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, that's a great way to sum it up. Yep. I, I shed the victim mentality and it comes back and we never, I don't think we ever totally. fully shed that. Yeah. But, I mean, shed um, is kind of, it's not like this is gone for good. I think with anything, any narratives that we struggle with, I think just the way the brain works, it's, mm -hmm. it's not often that we actually just like cut them out and they're yeah. gone now. It's yeah. obviously these are things that still come up, but it's in a different light now than it used to be. And it doesn't hold as much power over you. Yeah. I don't have the luxury of believing in it anymore. It's like, I have this hard evidence. Mm. that's like, dude, you can't, you can't tell yourself that anymore. You can't hide behind that. Cause you look at what this thing that you did, you mm. that's, that doesn't work anymore. Um, and that can also be really uncomfortable because it's comfortable to, you know, live in old beliefs and lies maybe that you've told yourself, but, um, but yeah, I'd say that's a big thing that I shed. Mm, I love that. And then what do you feel like you gained? Like, that's a big question, but 
Were there some key things that this whole journey, if you think of like from, from day one, maybe from the day after Beckett was born, where you started going, whoa, I don't feel like myself anymore to looking maybe a month past the canyon. Yeah, I gained a deep appreciation for anybody who has gone through mental health struggles, Mm -hmm. especially depression. Mm. Um, that's the closest thing that I've, when I've talked with other people who have gone through something similar, uh, or have had depression, that's the closest experience that I can relate to. Um, and often depression, if you've suffered from that, it's, it's even deeper than what I experienced. And I, I just, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. So I have a, a huge amount of empathy and, um, compassion and grace for people who have, who are going through that or who have gone through that and just massive respect. It takes so much to just keep going mm. in that place. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I, I gained that and then I gained, like I kind of said, this intrinsic knowledge, this undeniable knowledge that I can do so much more than I thought I could do. And in a very practical way, the impossible is possible, even if it's not right now. That's one of the things I wrote kind of after that. Like, what did I learn from this? It's like, it's small, small steps, small, consistent steps lead to massive transformation, huge transformation, Mm -hmm. like unrecognizable (laughs) transformation. And, um, and that the impossible is possible even if it's not right now, mm-hmm. if I, I started out 2022, I was, I would be holding my head up, like trying not to fall asleep at the dinner table because I was so tired because I, I wasn't feeding my body. Well, I wasn't taking care of myself. I had so little energy. I could barely make it through just a normal day. I was so tired. A lot of that was the mental, I think too, right? A lot of that was the mental. So much mental overwhelm. Yeah. A lot of it was mental. I mean, we're also new parents, but like, but so much of it, I don't know. It's, I don't think it was as much the new parent stuff, you know? Um, and, and then to go from that to a few months later, 10 months later, I'm standing out of the Canyon on the South Rim going, I just did that. I just did, I just did how many miles, 40 plus miles or something like that. You know, 10, I'm sorry, 20,000 feet of elevation change. Yeah. 48 miles, 48 miles, 20,000 feet of elevation change in four days, you know, and that would, that was impossible for me. That would have been impossible for me six months earlier, 10 months earlier. I would not have been able to do that. And then a few months later, that is now possible. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I've gained this perspective of like, what other places are impossible that I've thought were impossible? How can I make those possible now too? Yeah. And that's a very empowering place to be. When I see it playing out in your life, even now, as you're building your own business, it feels impossible, right? But you are taking one hour at a time through your day. And even there are just so many ways that I get to witness it playing out this new, like, um, version of you or this not version of you. It's like you found this true part of you. And I love hearing this, like, from Steven tell this story too, because if you know, Steven, I'm not just saying this, but like, <laughs> this makes me emotional. Like he, he is one of the most humble dudes you'll meet. And so hearing Steven say like, I did it. I did that many miles and that many days and, and hearing him like proclaim that I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> because th- that's not Stephen like inflating himself at all. That's him finally seeing himself and this part of himself yeah. that is true. And I think that yeah. that's like for all of us, for all of us, like there are things that it's like, look at that, be proud of that. I think it's so easy to just like go through life and you, you go through really hard stuff and then you make it to the other side and then you kind of like just 
keep going, bulldoze over. Well, maybe you did that, but you didn't do this. You know, our culture is like, go, 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 and just keep climbing the ladder. And I think it's so critical for all of us to like, hold on, pause a second. Like, look what you just did. Look what you just climbed out of. So even if it was like, you know, you're going through a really hard season of like depression and you got out of bed every day last week, like pause and celebrate that. And I think we all need a little bit more of that and it can feel like we're like not being humble or something, you know, or we tell ourselves that, but that no, just, so I think important. it's really important. It's so important to reflect on that, on, on what you've accomplished. Yeah. And like in real, real things, I think that was a big thing for me. Like, you know, it, this is, this was realized potential for me. It's like, you know, it, it, it was real undeniable results. Like, no, I did that thing. Yeah. And that's really powerful. That's a, that's to kind of fast forward a little bit. I think that's a big takeaway, something to think about, you know, in your own life, Yeah. you know, what are, what are some practical, like what are real ways that you can like get wins, you know? And like, even if it's something small, like getting the, the act of like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, maybe you want to start like a yoga practice or something. And like, I'm going to get out, I'm going to do five minutes of something or I'm just going to roll out the mat and I'm just yeah. going to lay on the mat for a couple minutes, do that every day. And then you look back in a week and you go, I did that every day. Yeah. Nobody can take that away from you. That's it's, those are the kinds of things. I don't know what it is. There's a whole, probably I need to talk to like a psychologist about <laughs> this whole phenomenon, but it's, it's like the act of something becoming real and it's yours and it's proof that you did something like that is empowering well, in a very practical way. Ultimately, it it makes you like brighter. Like you didn't just go out and like put this new version of yourself on. Essentially, you just you just shed these layers that were like not necessarily who you are and you just got to these really core pieces of yourself. And so what that did is like it, it empowered you to be more of yourself, which ultimately rippled out into our family and to your friends and to your work and your coworkers. Like Mm -hmm. these, when we do this and when we take these little small steps that turn into these really big things. Yeah. It's a win for like, it's a win for everyone. Like it's not a selfish thing to do to stop and say, actually, I want to, I want to prove to myself that I can do this. Like ultimately I think it, it makes us more alive and more bright. And that's as silly as it sounds like that's what we all need from each other. Right. Like the, like keep going because the light, it just like, it grows and grows. And then like your light casts over our family and me and Beckett are brighter. And then we cast over other people, you know, and it's this like ripple effect. So I think moving into the health, heart and home, how can we apply this? That's one, there's like three different things, but one, mm-hmm. like you just said is, um, what's something that you can do we tend to have these narratives of like, oh, that's too hard or I can't do that or, mm-hmm. well, I'm picky, so I don't I don't want to eat that or, well, I'm not athletic, so I'm not going to work out or whatever. Like, what do you want, though? Yeah. Like, do you want to do that thing? And then what's yeah. the small step? Well, and we tend to want to we we tend to think all or nothing, you know, yes. and so I think it's breaking down like, OK, but what even if like the, maybe the end goal is for whatever it is, think about that. But like, what's the, what's a tiny action you can take right now in your existing world. That's like, that's easy for you to do. It's like, well, I, I can do that. You know, yeah. I could, I could swap out this one thing with a healthier option or I could, I could roll out my mat yeah. and like do a forward fold or just lay down and meditate or something. I could do that, you know, even if it's not like a full blown hour long yoga practice every day, like, okay, great. Like maybe that's later, but like, what's the tiny thing you can do right now? And for me, that was putting eight pounds in my backpack in a, in, in a backpack loaned to me by my (laughs) in-laws that was your sister's like grade school backpack, (laughs) this old backpack. It was just 
I don't recommend using that for rucking, but it, what you got to do what you got to do. Like it was eight pounds in that backpack walking around a flat neighborhood in Phoenix. Like that was how that was like, I can do that today. I can yeah. do 10 minutes of that. Can't do much more. That was where I was at. I was not in a good spot, but I could do that. Yeah. And so what feels, yeah. what feels impossible that you really want? Cause yeah. you have to really want it. If it just feels impossible, but you don't really want it, like, yeah, who cares? Don't do it. Yeah, don't. For yeah. what do you really want that feels impossible? And then what's a small step that you can take towards it? Yeah. I'll give an example in my life right now. Um, that's kind of vulnerable, but one of the things that feels impossible to me because I have pot syndrome, I don't drive. And if you have POTS, you might not drive either because one of the things that we live with is these dizzy spells that can be really overwhelming um, and not safe to drive. But when I'm in seasons where I'm not having those dizzy spells or even like weeks where I'm not having them, um, I, I would probably be able to drive. Mm-hmm. But because I haven't for so long there's like this anxiety in me about, I don't, I don't know how this will go. You know, there's, there's just all these other narratives. Yeah. And there's a huge gap between where you're at, which is not driving and, you know, pots affecting you that way. And like being back to like driving all the time, super comfortably in a car. Like, yeah, it just, feels, you can't just start there. It literally <laughs> feels impossible. Yeah. But I wonder, like there are days when I'm not having POTS dizzy symptoms. And on those days, how incredible would it be to put Beckett in the car and to be able to drive to mm-hmm. a play group or something like I want that so bad and it feels like it's, it's so far mm-hmm. away. So that is the thing that I've been pursuing mm-hmm. in a teeny tiny small way. And that's that just the last couple of weeks I've sat behind the wheel and I put the car in reverse and I've driven up our little street in our neighborhood. Not in reverse in forward. Though. I put it in reverse at first to get out of the driveway. <laughs> to, to back out. So she backs out of the driveway and then reverse down forward. the street. Everyone's like, wow, that's that really intense. Like I don't think I could Steve do that. Steve Martin movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And and I just go to the end of the street. Like I don't take any turns or anything like that because my brain and my body is still learning and I want to make sure that I'm safe for everyone. And, um, we get to the end of the street and then we do a little Chinese fire drill. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. When you like switch Mm -hmm. spots and Steven gets in the other side and I'm like beaming because I just did something so amazing Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so small, but just like things like that, you know, like what's the thing that you're like, will I really ever be able to drive my kid to a friend's house? Yeah. That feels impossible, but yeah, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. I saw um, a friend of mine posted this image uh, the other day. It's a graphic that says um, one day, but then it has like the one crossed off and then there's an arrow kind of moving the one to after day so it turns into mm, day, day one. one. Oh, i love that so instead of one day think of day one today's day one what can i do today yeah i mean i think that's i think we should just leave it at that takeaway i think that's awesome. really good and and we want to challenge you guys to join us in that if there's something that you feel like is impossible in your mental health your relationships your physical health your spiritual well-being your financial health, whatever it is, what is that thing? And then what's one small thing that you're going to do to start today to hike your own Canyon. And if you want, you can email us, you can message me on Instagram. My Instagram tag is underneath this episode in the show notes. You can share it with us if you want to. Yeah. And just to recognize too, that, you know, we are, um, this can come across as privileged in some ways, like we, we totally recognize there are many ways mm. that many people legitimately can't change their circumstances. They can't change what's happening um, right. in their life. So um, what we want to encourage you is like, yeah, we recognize that there are certain things that are hard. Right? Christina has pots. That's probably never going to change. Um, and there are things that um, are stacked against us in whatever way. 
However, we also believe that we can find beauty and goodness even in the suffering, even in the darkness, even in the hard times. That's the soul of this podcast. And so we also encourage you to find what that might be for you. If you are in that place where it's like, no, like my, you don't understand my circumstance. Like this is actually impossible. Like, you know, you know, is there something, is there something you can stake a, put a stake in the like ground remembering and claim over? We can w- live a really whole life, even with broken pieces. That's yes. kind of one of our taglines. Yep. And so me driving is never going to look probably like someone else driving. We're going to have to have like, Hey, is this a good day for you to drive? Hey, if you get dizzy, you pull off on the side of the road, who are you going to call? Is Steven available when you're out on this outing? Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be all these little bumpers around it. But we believe that you can live a really whole life and a really beautiful life, even with these broken pieces. Yeah. And so we encourage you to find, find those things in your own yep. story. And for the people who are like, oh, I've got all these things. I'm going to do like eight things right now. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Like everything's possible. Like, no, bring it in, rein it in, pick one thing, <laughs> pick one thing and, uh, and focus on that. Um, well, that is concluding our core content. Um, we hope you guys got a little snippets of wisdom in there or at least laughed a little or felt like you could relate to some of it. Hey, and before we actually move on quick announcement, I didn't tell Christina I was going to do this, but I am planning to do this hike again this year in uh in at the end of the year so at probably after thanksgiving before christmas she knows that i was planning the hike Mm -hmm. she didn't know i was going to talk about it right now but if that sounds like something that you'd like to do um, i'm probably going to do it again with my friend who came with me last time derek Um, so if it's something that you sound sounds like something you want to do and you'd like to join us with that let me know let me know if you're interested um, Grand we Canyon would, squad. we'd be up for having a couple of people join us. Um, you and too can eat freeze dried meals and <laughs> hold Steven while he sobs on the North Rim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Walk yeah. with soggy feet. Yeah. Walk, walk with soggy feet and, uh, generally freeze and be uncomfortable, but in one of the world's most incredible natural landscapes <laughs> it's life-changing it's not easy but it's life-changing so if you if you want to come or if you know somebody who might be interested mm-hmm. let me know all right well we'll we'll sign off here with a little whimsy and delight what do you whimsy think and delight uh-huh. we need like a little ditty i know <laughs> i mean that was it right that was it okay so what have we been enjoying lately what's been bringing us whimsy and delight steven Hit us with it. Hit us. All right. I'm going to hit you with it. Uh, for me, it has been, uh, the weather's warmed up a little bit. Some days. Some days. To the last it's couple very days confused. Weird. But um, my morning routine with Beckett has started to include being outside a little bit in the morning. So I, I take Beckett for the mornings, um, kind of for his first uh, wake window. And so we kind of do our stuff in the morning and then we spend like 30 minutes outside in the front yard and I weed my food forest. That's something to talk about for a later episode, (laughs) growing a food forest in my front yard. And, uh, but there's like grass that grows up. So I, I need to go out there and pull that, but then Beckett is out there too. And he loves it. He's just out there like finding wood chips and bringing them to me and just generally being so pumped to be outside. (laughs) And it's the greatest thing. So that's been bringing me so much delight. Mine's actually similar. I've loved those sunny days and like being barefoot outside. One of my favorite Mm, feelings mm -hmm. is when the sun gets warm enough to feel it on your winter skin. So it's like when you go outside and all you've been wearing is like long sleeves and stuff. And then you have those first days where the sun is warm and you feel it like on your actual skin. It is like my favorite feeling. (laughs) And so I've been... Definitely. Yeah. And barefoot, That's been barefoot me outside is super important for health. Grounding. Gr- grounding. Look it up. Um, but spend spend time every day touching the ground somehow, even if it's just for like a minute. <laughs> All right. What's the best thing you've eaten lately, Stephen? Best thing I've eaten lately uh, was actually today. You made these cookies. 
randomly Guys. today. Well, they're they for Easter because we're bringing some cookies yeah, to so our neighbors for an random. Easter egg hunt. Well, it was it was random though because I've never made these cookies before. They were they're graham cracker jam cookies. So the dough has like graham crackers crushed into it, which is just a genius idea. Oh, and there's peanut butter too. So they're peanut butter graham cracker cookies. And then they're like thumbprints where you put your thumbprint in it and then you fill it with strawberry jam. It's like a it was P- amazing. it's like a PB and J cookie form. It was amazing. I wanted to make it's it so like good. two days early in case it was terrible and I didn't want to bring it over. No, it's amazing. It was really good. It was so, so good. So they're coming for you, neighbors. Accidental delicious cookie. Yeah. Beckett was really into them, too. <laughs> it was hilarious. He was, like, eyeing them all day and asking. All right. What about you? What's bringing you? Um, what, you delight? what have you eat? Well, eaten? the sun on my the skin. The sun. Okay. But yep. the eating, this is, like, a, it's not a 10 out of 10 thing, but I'm trying to experiment with more foods, be, like, culinary-wise cooking. I'm not like the best chef, but I do enjoy cooking. We stick to kind of the same meals. Anyways, I'm trying to master red curry, and the first time I made it, it was very subpar, but then two nights ago, I made it, and it was really pretty good. It wasn't perfect. I need to tweak some things, but it was this red curry sauce with lime and ginger in it, and then you put it over like steamed vegetables and rice. It was pretty good. Wouldn't you say, Stephen? I would absolutely say it I needed loved it. a little more of a flavor kick, but I was really into the red curry with the lime and the ginger. No, notes. it was, it was so it good. Really I, thought it was, it. I thought it was really great. Yeah. So I was proud of that meal. It may not have been the best thing I've eaten lately, but I was really proud of it because I worked real hard. Good. You should <laughs> right. be proud of it. <laughs> um, all right. Signing off. Stephen Hudson. Cool. Signing off. Um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Um, we are on an every other week schedule, so we'll see you in uh, a couple weeks. If you want to help support this, there are some practical costs that we have, like hosting the podcast and the website and kind of equipment and stuff like that. So if you want to support this, if you like what we've got going on, um, we've got a little $5 monthly paid thing that you can do, and uh, we'd love for you to join us there and you get access to the vault of our membership content that we did for like the last that's right couple of years yeah so basically there's a link in the show notes and you can just click subscribe yep. for five dollars and it's just a five dollar monthly subscription you'll get a bunch of previous podcasts you'll get a bunch of previous like 10 minute audio meditations that i did and you'll get a bunch of videos Video that we made content. on yep. health topics yep Yep. So library of content there for you. And as kind of a little bonus, we've decided to do, um, we fill out this sheet every week we call it our weekly intention sheet. It has six questions that just kind of help us focus, um, on what do we feel like we need for the week? Um, what, what do we need from each other? How can we help? How can we love each other? Well, um, and just kind of gives a focus for the week. What are our priorities for the week? Priorities, values, things like that. Um, and we've, We've refined it over quite a while, and it's a really, really helpful practice. So if you subscribe, we'll send you that um, that questionnaire or yep. that little worksheet PDF. to work on Yep, each week. So check that out, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for our next episode, whatever that might be. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, you know, when you post, it just warms. We, <laughs> um, so we always screenshot. Each other. Like, Did you see this like post? This, there, it's, people are listening. Steven to it. said, Can you believe people are actually like choosing to listen? I'm like, I know. Yeah. So we're so, so grateful for you. Wish I could hug you all. Um, But yeah, that's it for now. Um, Until next time, we will see you under the willow tree. Bye. Bye. Welcome, my dear, to the endless summer. Welcome, my dear, to eternity.